everybody welcome back to episode number three of baby mama's podcast the baby the baby mama's podcast Podcast. if you've forgotten i'm angie and i'm jackie and we're the baby mamas hello um so last episode we talked about our iui and all that stuff our feelings and our thoughts and our hopes and our dreams yeah and we wanted this episode we wanted to talk a bit about family and how we talked to them about it and that kind of thing yeah because i mean i think for a lot of queer folk um you already have to do the thing where you're like hey let's talk about who i want to have sex with aka i'm gay or i'm a lesbian or i'm queer or i'm poly or i'm like i don't even know there's so many you know you know all the the isms and stuff then you have to be like also i want to have a baby and what that entails is pretty different than what most of our families have thought about talked about dealt with and it can be kind of awkward (laughs) yeah when I first started talking about it with my mom she could not wrap her head around the fact that I wasn't going to be having sex with the guy like she I think she still thinks no she totally does that I'm going off outside of my marriage I'm going to like have sex with some dude yeah and I've explained that that's not it that and she just sort of stares at me like I'm lying yeah like I'm trying to make up Make up a story because I'm embarrassed that I have to go and... I almost think she thinks that, like, now we're, like, open and swingers and, like, (laughs) this is like, opened a door for all these weird sexual... Not, sorry, not weird, but, like, different kinks that we don't have at the moment and would never tell her about if we did. And it's super weird. I don't really talk to her about it because I don't know what to say. She's different. (laughs) She's pretty excited about the thought of me having a child, but she... I could also... Like, this is super depressing just because of my mom being who she is. With her mental health and her... I think she's borderline, so she's really... She's either, like, my biggest teammate and she loves me and I'm her little angel or I'm the worst. Yeah. And usually when I'm the worst, Jackie's also the worst. No, usually when you're the worst, I'm the reason you're the worst. Yeah. I get blamed for a lot of stuff, so I kind of... um, I keep my distance now because it's too... Like... Ange grew up with her, so she's very used to kind of being closed off emotionally with her own mom, which is sad, but it's just sort of a reality and a result of a lot of intersecting issues with her mom, mental health issues, alcoholism, abuse, all sorts of stuff. So um, I am not so well-versed in, I I mean, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm not really good at hiding my feelings. And when somebody attacks me, it's really hard for me to just be like, okay, whatever, that's because you're crazy and go back to having a normal relationship because she's also a person in our life that needs a lot of help and we have both provided a lot of help and I feel burnt out by her (laughs) so I don't talk to her about it because I don't really talk to her (laughs) yeah it's a difficult relationship for sure because of her mental state because she has this tendency to go to this place where she's just mean I could maybe see her pulling that card and saying that the child's not yours 
Uh, I, I expect I fully expect her to say that many times. Um, we've already talked about it, and unfortunately, Mama is not going to be ever left alone with our kid. She's just not trustworthy. She's Mama? it's your mom. Why'd you call her Mama? Because I was going to say her name, and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, we could call her Angie's mom. Oh right, <laughs> Mama. I've never called my mom Mama. <coughs> in my I know. Life. I know. It was weird. It was a moment. I'm sorry. Um, she will never be left alone with Granny. Our child. Yeah. Oh, I've already... She'll be called Granny. We already know that. No, I know. But I said she will never be left alone with... Oh, you just want... You think you're, we're having a girl? <laughs> we don't, <laughs> we don't We're not even <laughs> sure we're pregnant and <laughs> now it's a girl. Um, but my family's been... I mean, my family's great, but it's also been kind of weird with them too. Not that they're not accepting. It's just... It's a new language for them. I think we started talking... We talked about... I remember one time, and I don't remember who exactly it was. I think... Maybe it was Paul and Claire or we were talking, we were at my dad's house with him and his, his uh, my stepmom and we were talking about it and his friends were around and my dad kind of like, like put out a disclaimer, like this is a weird conversation, isn't it guys? Like not to us, but like to his friends to sort of be like, Hey, I know this is weird. Like, I know it wasn't meant in a negative way, but it was just sort of like, Oh yeah. Like we have a life that needs disclaimers sometimes. Cause you know, which it shouldn't because I don't, I don't, I don't know. Would it be mm-hmm. the same if it was like. Your brother and his girlfriend talking about having a child? Well, it's different because there's more details involved and people want ask more questions. Like when, you know, when if Matt and Renee were talking about having a kid, Matt that and would, Renee are Jackie's. My brother and his girlfriend. Yeah. Who's basically like our sister. That would be, there wouldn't be a lot of questions. It'd be like, oh, okay, you're trying. That's it. We understand what that means. But with us, it's like, oh, uh, how does that work? And like, what exactly does, how, like, and it's so weird because like presence of the trying invites questions that it's not like, you know, most couples when they're talking to their family aren't like, well, so we have a schedule and this is when we have sex. And then we like <laughs> lay in bed together and I put my feet up and like we make sure that like it's not now having like started this process ourselves a lot of our friends straight or otherwise have gone through it and we've heard a lot of the details but I don't even think they probably talk to their families about as much of the detail because it's more straightforward yeah I guess the details everyone knows you just put the penis in the vagina in Mm -hmm. case you guys don't know and then over and over again until you get pregnant (laughs) (laughs) all day long but they I mean like our friend tried for a year and was doing the same thing with the like ovulation testing and trying to like figure out that which is pretty weird because you have to like your basal temperature and your like cervical mucus and you have to like do all these weird ovulation tests which are not super straightforward and like just all this stuff so it's not just us queer folk that have to deal with it but it's not something that you hear about so our family like my my parents have been pretty cool about it um i know they're both really all three of them i should say are really excited um to have another grandkid because they've been grandparents for quite a while (laughs) my oldest niece is 17 so they've been grandparents for a long time but it was a very different situation because my sister was a lot younger and needed a lot more help and it was a different relationship so for them it's kind of it's going to be a new grandparent situation because yeah. they're not going to be having to support their daughter through being mm-hmm. a parent. Like, we are stable. We can support each other, and they can just be grandparents. Yeah. Whereas your mom, I mean, your sister, mm-hmm. she was a single mom, and she... She was, was a, teenager a teenager and a single mom. So yeah. it was... It just, I mean, just inherently in the situation, she required a lot more help, and she's got, had a lot of help, and it's been 
it's just going to be different. And so they're really excited and they're really stoked, but they also... I think actually, I have a lot of questions, but I think they're afraid to ask us. Too. Yeah, my mom even said like it was really cool to listen because there's answers to questions I didn't even know how to ask. So I think this podcast is not only good for people who are trying to do this on their own or going through the same thing we are that can maybe relate, but for my family, it's been kind of neat. Yeah, for them to hear stuff that maybe I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm not comfortable enough to talk to them about, but maybe we're not both comfortable or they're not comfortable asking or there just hasn't been the setting to like really talk about all these details. I could see some people's family not being accepting of it. Yeah. That would be hard. That would be really hard. That would be heartbreaking. Like if that, if that ever came about in my family, I would really have a big struggle. And like, or if I I just didn't ever accept the kid, like that kind of I'm wondering how it's going to be when we have the child and we have, you have, you give birth and I've given birth and we have two kids and one's biologically mine, one's biologically yours, if there's going to be a difference with how they get treated. I'm like pretty sure there's not going to be on my family's side, but you know, your mom's a wild card, so we'll see. Well, yeah, we can't really account for my mom really because she's, that might very well be and that sucks, but um like your family may do it without even noticing. I don't think that'll happen. No. No, I think they're going to be so excited and I mean they already think of you as family, so yeah. It might be actually better for that that I'm having the first one. Mm. Because then it's like they're so excited about the new grandchild and then the other one gets to come and it's like we're also they'll have already bonded with the first one rather than mm-hmm. the first one being mm-hmm. yours and then they have to try and bond with mine. That's a, like, fringe benefit of the fact that Angie's so baby crazy she had to go first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also that I don't, I'm not in a position in my career that, that I could go on mat leave or want to yet. So. Yeah. And I don't really know that, I mean, we'll see what comes about when I, when we decide to have our, our second child, but I don't even know if I want to go on mat leave. You have to go on mat leave. Well, I mean, for a while, but, like. You need I to breastfeed for a year. Yeah, that's true. I just really like the idea of you staying home with our kids. I really like the idea of you staying home as well. (laughs) And just biggest. If you guys want to pay us to do this, (laughs) and I'll quit my job. That would be pretty amazing. I really want to be stay at home. Like, I think that's what I'm meant to do. If that's the case, then we need to move to buttfuck nowhere so we can afford to do that. But we can't live in this beautiful city that we live in in Vancouver and not both work. It's not feasible. I don't make enough money. Unless I somehow, how like. Well, maybe my mom will live, win the lottery. She tells me all the time she's <laughs> she's going to. So I've been buying lottery tickets too. What? Yeah, this is news to me. Oh, it's not in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> Just occasionally with work people, we'll all put in a dollar and get a five dollar ticket. That's cute. A bunch of my coworkers buy lottery tickets every week, and there was a person who's on mat leave who like paid throughout the rest of the year and until next year, I think even, yeah. because they're like, this is happening. And one of like my the person that's training me right now was just like, I can't not buy in because what an asshole I'll feel like if they win and I didn't put in that week. <laughs> yeah, you're that one person that gets left out. Yeah, that would suck. But we, then we all sit around and fantasize about how we will quit our jobs. And My mom and I have done that for years. And that's how I feel about pregnancy. I feel like it's winning the lottery because oh. I fantasized about it so much. That's so cute. I really hope we have better odds than that, though. But that... <laughs> And I've thought about it and I've imagined it and I like want it so badly. Do you know what? I think that doesn't surprise me that you say that, but I feel like this is going to be so cheesy and I might cry just saying it, but I feel like finding you and getting married to you and being at this point in our relationship was like winning the lottery because 
it's not that I ever doubted that I would find a partner, but I never really expected to find one that was so wonderful. Oh, I am wonderful. And getting to have kids with you would be like just the most amazing thing ever. We're going to do it one way or another. Like well, if it comes down to hopefully, it. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm having children in my life. We'll have to adopt. We'll just have to like. We'll just steal some. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's so many people out there that clearly don't want their kids. So yeah. Just find some of them. Take them. Just be like, hey, just like give us, you know, a bit of money. Just we'll take wander into a hospital. <laughs> I'm like fully trying to not be crying right now, but I totally, that made me cry. Aww. Becoming um, married people, but more so like looking to become parents has be- made me so emotional. It's ridiculous. Like our friends are all having babies right now. And one of our friends, I was looking at her just at, like she was pretty pregnant at that point. It was just like. You're, you're gonna be such a good mom and just totally started crying at her and she was like oh that's nice not tearing up herself because she's not crazy like i am <laughs> she's like get away from me you're gonna try and suck the baby out of my body and run away with it it's just something that i like want so badly and that wasn't always the case it's not that i never wanted kids i always did know that i wanted kids i just took a while to really feel completely ready um but now that i am i just i like I just want it to happen. I just want it to happen now. I'm so excited and I'm so ready. And like, we've had conversations and we're like, what are we doing with our life? Like, we're just hanging out, doing the same thing all the time. Drinking, like watching TV. Hanging out with our friends. I want something to scream at me (laughs) and like shit all over me. (laughs) I need something different. (laughs) But it really, like, we just have kind of peaked in the sense that, I mean, our life is not perfect. Everything is not amazing. I'm sure there's lots of stuff we could still do and travel and all that kind of thing. But it doesn't matter to us anymore. No. We just don't care about any of that stuff more than we care about having children and having a family and becoming a unit. Yeah. And getting to, like, share this huge amount of love we have with these little humans I can't even, like, think about it without tearing up when I'm doing it again. My biggest, like, so. fantasy <laughs> is coming, you coming home and a toddler. Mm-hmm. It's a toddler. And it's like, mommy's home. And then he runs at you at the door. And we're living in this apartment. And so excited to see you. Throws their hands around your neck and is just so excited to see you and wants to but be the, with you. But my fantasy and... is I'm doing that to you like greeting you when you get home because you're our working man bringing in the bread (laughs) when i'm staying at home baking all the cookies not man making sushi i'm will happily be the bread because i will be a domestic goddess i i've told her that the only way she can be a stay-at-home mom is if we bring a third person into our relationship who's also working working on Not really. We will be bringing a third person. Dear family, and just kidding. <laughs> That's not <laughs> happening. Also, our kid's not going to be working either. Unless we can make them some sort of amazing child actor, but that seems like a weird Aww, thing to do to a kid. Babies. So, so well, lots so of I did feelings. Clomid, which oh, yeah. I know in the first episode I said I wasn't having too many side effects on. I think the side effects come afterwards because then I did have some. I had dry mouth at night. had trouble sleeping. One night it felt like someone was squeezing my neck. And then, um... Are you sure that wasn't anxiety? Because my wife experiences... Are you sure it wasn't me squeezing your neck? <laughs> no, my wife experiences some pretty intense anxiety at moments. My of... anxiety doesn't normally manifest like that. I've never experienced totally that sensation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it made me a little bit emotional because I was... 
and I hope this is because of Clomid and not just because I'm crazy. <laughs> I was watching. You never know. <laughs> um, Girl, you don't need makeup by Amy Schumer, <laughs> and it like played and it finished, and I'd already seen it a whole bunch because mm-hmm. it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. YouTube it if you haven't seen it, and I got like teary eyed, and I was like, <laughs> Amy Schumer's just doing so well, and then I was like, I can't believe they came together, her and like whoever is on her writing team and I know Kyle Dunnigan's on her writing and they like wrote that song and they put out that video and it's like so political and and she's doing so well and then I was kind of sad that she wasn't my friend but then I was also happy that I'm alive at the same time as her I had all these thoughts about Amy Schumer that made me tear up but not actually getting inseminated yeah she was too busy like chewing her gum and being like this pinches (laughs) and I was like crying at her (laughs) Yeah, so. I think there's too much stress for you. Like, it's hard. I, I hope that you're able to, like, enjoy the process. I don't know if this is part of the process that anyone enjoys. I think hopefully when you get to being pregnant, you can enjoy some of that. I don't know. It's it's There's so many f- emotions that it's sometimes really overwhelming. And I feel like maybe that's when we should be having the counseling, not before we start. They should make you do counseling yeah. throughout the process. Like, Are you having a hard time with the ovulation strips? Because they're fucked. Be like, yes, thank you. <laughs> do you cry regularly because you don't know how this works? Were you doing ovulation strips in a blends bathroom because it was the middle of the day and you couldn't get into your apartment? I did that. You did do that, didn't you? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. It's not fun. Gross. I had to like sit in there with my little pee cup and dipped it in and sat there like staring at it. This isn't a normal thing. We had our apartment rented out to be used for a film set and yeah. which was great. I was displaced. Yeah, she was for one day was displaced. <laughs> um, um, but you know what else is awkward? Um, getting asked about your cervical mucus all the time. Who asks you about it all the my time? My acupuncturist. Okay, well that's normal. And I wanted, like a- to, I wanted to be like no I have nothing no cervical mucus my vagina like barely exists Mm. nothing comes out of it I think it's weird also that like that's a normal conversation that we have these days oh I have egg white cervical mucus and I'm like oh cool that's awesome whereas egg white cervical mucus might be the most disgusting term I've ever heard but it's very accurate that's what it looks like yeah she hasn't shown me her egg white cervical mucus yet (laughs) but i'm sure we'll get there (laughs) no in this process who who the hell knows if you have to see me like poop myself when i'm giving birth you can have that but you'll never see my cervical mucus just get an enema isn't that an option so they can clean you out before so there's nothing to poop i don't know every person that i've talked to has pooped during birth do you know what's weird right now i'm thinking we would be so lucky to get to have you poop on a table (laughs) while you're giving birth (laughs) Please, I just want to poop and have everyone watching me. Because it would mean we're having a baby and I don't care. Yeah. I don't know if this is... Because uh, I'm a huge fan of Savage Love, Dan Savage's podcast. And I, I like his article, which probably more people are familiar with. But if you don't know about his podcast, listen to it. He's amazing. He's the best. And he talks a lot about... Because a lot of people write in and are like, Oh, after we had our baby, it was so hard to get our sex life back. And... Um, a lot of that, they've done studies, actually, that a lot of that is because it's generally straight people who are coming and calling in with this, um, will say, like... I saw you poop yourself. No, it's not about the poop. <laughs> but it was like, it's like, I saw a person come out of you, and now I can't look at that part of your body and not think about that, so it's not sexy anymore. 
So his advice, and it's based on studies, is like, don't look. And then I think... people Is no, a no, vagina, no. is looking at a vagina really that sexy? I like Like them. in the first place? I know, but do you look <laughs> at it? What are you it? trying to say here? Do you look well, at I mean, it? I may not stare it in the eye very often, but I enjoy it. I My parents the are going to listen to this, vagina. so I really don't want to talk about this very Looking much. at a vagina makes you turned on? No, but I, it's not necessarily that it turns you on, but it's that like... Now it's not associated with sex. It's associated with your baby. That's like, that's, I no, feel I'm not like that's saying, dudes who are like, that's my territory. I didn't say it was like logical or rational or good, but I'm also thinking that like maybe because we're both women and I already understand what your body is for and how it works because I have my own parts that are the same, that won't be an issue for us, I'm hoping. Because I really don't think that there's anything like, honestly, you pooping on a table I don't think that would. You know what me. I bet? I bet if they did a study <laughs> where they asked the men who are saying like, "No, I can't have sex with you now because a person came out. It's not sexy." If they would still allow their wives to give them blowjobs after they see them vomit. Ooh. They probably still will, and I feel it's like just should... bullshit. It is bullshit, but I'm not. It's not. I'm not saying that it's like a good thing. I'm saying it exists, and lots of things that are shitty exist, and I just feel like I won't have to like. I don't feel like that's going to be an issue for us. And I mean, there's also other reasons that people have a hard time getting their sex life back. Some women have a lot of tearing. Some women experience dyspareunia, which is like a lot of vaginal pain after birth. So, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I don't know. We don't know enough about that yet to talk about it. But um, I just feel like there's, as much as we've talked about sort of the negative side of being two women trying to conceive, there's a lot of positives. We understand each other's bodies better and we are probably going to be able to be more supportive of each other and how we feel because period cramps are like a bad enough, but it's something similar that I've experienced that when you're going into labor or when you're having some sort of pain, I can like relate in a way that a man wouldn't be able to because he's never had that feeling in his like body. Yeah, they get kicked in the balls. It's the same, Jackie. Ugh. Haven't you ever heard? It's painful. I'm so tired of that argument. <laughs> it's the worst. Anyway. That's something avoidable. You can't really avoid having your period. I can't like wear a cup so I don't get ovulation pain or like horrible period cramps. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of cool things. Like it's it's easy to focus on the negative, but there's some stuff that I really am excited about. Like, um, especially after you've had our first child, mm-hmm. fingers crossed that all works, that you'll have been through it. So when I'm going through it, you get to support me in it and come from a place of like having felt it and done it and knowing what I might need just maybe you won't even have a child because it'll be like (laughs) that was terrifying let's not do that again one of our friends who was a nurse was pregnant I'm saying that because I don't want to use names because I'm oddly worried about identifying people (laughs) um uh I would just had so many questions like isn't it so weird that there's a person moving inside of you like does it make you feel really like tripped out that there's like a human in your body like stuff that seems very obvious (laughs) But, you know, when my sister was pregnant when I was 13, I didn't think about that kind of thing. So it's a different perspective, I guess, now than there ever has been before. What if they say that our child has Down syndrome? Like, say I get pregnant. We've already talked about this. (laughs) Um, And I think we've decided that that's not something we can handle or that we want to handle. Yeah, Um, I think we'll feel so much different, though, if it does happen in the moment. And that's another thing that we said, is that it's kind of hard to make that call right now, because who knows if it's like our eighth time trying and we are tapped out of money and it comes down to that, it's like, well, 
and I know that people with Down syndrome can live full lives and I understand that but it's also committing to having a child I mean a lot of not every person with Down syndrome but a lot of people with Down syndrome need care for well beyond 18 years well beyond 20 years well beyond 30 years and I don't know if that's something I'm I'm ready to deal with yeah or take on because I feel like but then is it like hypocritical we're like we want a baby so bad but only the perfect baby I don't it doesn't have to be perfect (laughs) the baby doesn't have to be perfect the baby just has to be like manageable I guess (laughs) manageable (laughs) Manageable? down syndrome people are manageable I know I know this is coming out sounding weird it's just it's hard to imagine living a life like that where you are a parent to somebody childlike well into your senior years yeah and probably for the rest of your life yeah because I look for I mean as much as I want to have kids I also look forward to our kids growing up and having their own lives and moving on and having their own children so we get grandchildren and then we get to like travel and do more things than we can while we have children so is there something that you think that like you know how people will come out of the closet or whatever and their parents will disown them Mm -hmm. do you think there's anything that your child could do that you would disown them for yeah what murder <laughs> you disown them i would uh i mean because our a... kid is gonna be a murderer just wanted <laughs> to say that was one of the things that i asked for i feel like it would be really challenging to have a child who is or turns out to be immoral or or even i think it would be a struggle for me especially maybe not you as much but maybe if our kid like wants to be really conservative religious that'd be really hard like a fundamentalist christian yeah because essentially that would mean they'd have to not be okay with us yeah maybe they wouldn't and then they disown us yeah i mean i don't feel like we have control over that kind of stuff all we can do is try to give them the best upbringing possible and the best morals that we can and i mean i really don't want to think about having to disown a child it's a pretty (laughs) crappy thing to think about but I mean anytime I think about kids growing up and just the kind of issues that I've dealt with in my own life about you know struggles with parents or with siblings or whatever uh, or friends even it's kind of terrifying thinking about being a parent because of the responsibility and the potential heartbreak yes and I feel like being a parent is a million joys and a million heartbreaks and you have to be prepared for that but that there's not really anything that's going to prepare you for something that could potentially be really damaging and really horrible to the world to other people to your relationship because of the actions of a child that you've raised you know like that's yeah that must be so brutal terrifying like i can't even imagine what it would be like to have a child who's a bully let alone a child who turns out to like murder people yeah or rape people or just be a bad person like how do you kind of cope with that mm-hmm. i think we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves because <laughs> so our kid is already in jail they're a murderer we've their lost cause let's go traveling to italy let's get a little bit more positive what about baby names um how about something really like basic like Anne or jane no well jane wouldn't work because our one of well one of our nieces has a name the name Jane in her name so that's just really really boring that'd be confusing let's just not do the podcast at all <laughs> your baby mama's podcast